0: You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart.
1: Drew, thanks for taking the time. Before we talk about what's going on with the podcast and what's going on in college football in the NFL, got to start with your background because you come from a kicking family. Your father, Kevin, kicked for the legendary 85 Bears. What's the best story he's told you about that team that played very hard on and off the field?
2: Yeah, what's up, guys? I'm glad to be on with you. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I am very fortunate in that my dad did play uh, in the NFL for 13 seasons, most notably for the 1985 Chicago Bears, and there are plenty of stories. And now that I'm a bit older, I've gotten to hear a few more of them. I think the coolest thing about that team and and what's been seen through my eyes is the camaraderie that they had. I mean, that team is still so closely banded together. Uh, I lived out in Scottsdale Arizona for four years and I would play golf with Jim McMahon and hear some of those stories I've played golf with some of his other teammates like Jimbo Covert and just seeing those guys get together and the legends that they still are in Chicago it's pretty unbelievable there's no doubt
0: when you think about uh, those days that you're talking about and especially in Chicago um, you know there there was kickers there Uh, you also have kickers coming out of um, out of New Orleans that end up making to the Hall of Fame and, and yourself, of course, being one of the good ones. Uh, give me your take on sometimes people have a tendency to not look at you guys as football players. You know, sometimes, oh, he's a kicker. He has one job to do. Can't he just make the field goal? Give us the understanding of how difficult you guys' job really is considering that you're not at practice the entire time. You're there, but you're not working as hard as the other players. Make people understand why that job is so important and how hard you truly do work.
2: No, you're right, Cordell, and you would know. You've punted in a few NFL games yourself, but there's a reason we're called specialists, and it's because we specialize. Uh, It's completely different. I think punting and kicking and snapping is truly an art form, and I'm not taking anything away from the skill positions on the field, but we are out there to do one job, and especially now. Uh, The the demand for success is at an all-time high. I mean, if one guy has a bad game, he better perform well the next week or they're going to go shopping. So it's become a lot different. I think it's up to each individual kicker, punter, long snapper to work hard, to integrate themselves with their teammates, to show up, because that's what it's all about. Are you going to show up? Are you going to compete? And ultimately, do you perform on Sundays? Because if you're consistent and you help your team win, then you can be kicking or punting or snapping for a long time in the NFL
1: chatting with drew butler the former nfl punter check out drew and aaron murray for the punt and pass podcast new episode every thursday available here on uh, tune and be sure to subscribe so drew you and cordell both played for the steelers we talk a lot of pittsburgh football on this program if right now i made you choose between pittsburgh and new england as the best team currently in the afc who would you go with
2: well, you'd have to go Pittsburgh at this point. I think New England's lack of defensive prowess through the midway point of the season is probably the biggest question mark for them. They've obviously picked that up the past few weeks, but you know, the past couple seasons, New England has kind of been Pittsburgh's kryptonite when it comes to playoff football. I think if Pittsburgh can continue to play – at a high rate and get home playoff field advantage, that would be gigantic because when Heinz rocks rocking and it's cold out there and it's a playoff atmosphere, that's tough to beat. It's, it's a very, very hard place to win. That's for sure.
0: When you talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers um, beating the New England Patriots, I mean, Bill Belichick do, he really does have their number uh, when it comes down to how to defend this this Pittsburgh a team, but it looked like offensively right now with Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, you have Martavis Bryant back. You have Le'Veon Bell, who's playing outstanding. You now have a fullback, which is something maybe way back when you were accustomed to seeing with Roosevelt Knicks. And Ben, the old man, he's just leading the helm with Antonio Brown, of course, and then you have James Harrison on the other side. If these guys can stay healthy, because remember, they got to the AFC Championship game last year without Mark without, without Tavis Bryant, also Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, if these guys can truly stay healthy, do you really think from a scheme standpoint they could outplay this New England Patriots football team considering Bill Belichick has their number? I
2: think so, I, especially if they're able to exploit New England's defense like offenses did earlier this season. Because on Pittsburgh's offense, when they have enough talent to complement a guy like Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger, those are some of the greats in the game today. And when Ben's hot, Cordell, you know he's, he's as good as anybody in the league. But if he gets pressure in his face and gets, starts to feel uncomfortable in the pocket, anything can happen, just like that Jacksonville game a few weeks ago when he threw four or five interceptions. But their offensive line is gelling right now. If they can continue to stay healthy, like you said, I I see no reason why they couldn't go toe-to-toe with New England in the playoffs this year.
1: Drew Butler is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Drew, I'm glad to see that you're working with Aaron Murray. Obviously, you guys have the strong Georgia connection because occasionally folks who work in special teams – have a hard time fitting in. So let me follow up on Cornell's <laughs> question and connect it to an anecdote on this program. One of our favorite moments. Mitch Berger, former NFL punter, played with Cornell at Colorado. He's come on the show a couple times talking about how hard he had to work to be embraced by his teammates who said, well, you're over on the side. You're not an actual athlete. What was your experience like in the NFL? Because obviously you played well enough to make it to the highest level of our sport. Was there any challenge bonding with folks who weren't on special teams?
2: I think so. You know, I was a rookie in Pittsburgh, and when I was in Pittsburgh in 2012 and 13, it was an older team. A lot of guys had two Super Bowl rings, so I feel like the locker room was a bit split. Um, You knew where you were as far as on the totem pole. So when I showed up to Pittsburgh, man, I honestly did not say a word. I showed up early. I left late. I put the work in, and things seemed to bounce my way. And, uh, and I have really, really enjoyed my time in Pittsburgh, but it was kind of a, a speak when spoken to type deal as a rookie punter. Um, and then, you know, things just kind of progressively got better for me along the way. Once I made the team and, and became a part of the team, uh, unfortunately my rookie year, we didn't make the playoffs, but I'm still great friends with a lot of some of the legends of Pittsburgh football. So I, I honestly enjoyed my time there and of that is just showing up and and working hard and and letting your football do the talking.
0: When you see Adam Vinatieri still getting it done, coming out of South Dakota State, let me give you this one. Check this out. 22 years of football, bro. 22 years of putting it between the uprights. Unbelievable. How great. I won't say good, but how great is that? And he's probably the most consistent and most efficient field goal kicker of all time.
2: Yeah, when you look at Vinatieri and he's played 22 seasons and a guy like Morton Anderson who just got inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, 25 seasons. I mean, I'm 28 years old. That that puts it in perspective for me. Their, their consistent excellence and, and their hard work and really just their performance week to week, year to year, it's unmatched. Adam Vinatieri will go into the Hall of Fame and watching him do it at his age and the level that he's playing at. It's nothing short of amazing. It really isn't. And I think anybody to a man has the utmost utmost respect for him and what he's able to do week to week.
1: Drew, tell us about the podcast. I listened to a recent edition getting ready to have this conversation. Very entertaining, highly informative. How would it come together?
2: Yeah, so I've I've always been really interested in media. You know, I went to school, got my degree in journalism, and I've tried to stay as active as I could while playing football. And, and, And knowing Aaron for so long, we have the same sports agent, I just kind of created the idea in my head. I kind of put pen to paper, came up with a business plan for the podcast, if you will, and I pitched it to Aaron. I had no idea that he had already signed a contract with CBS Sports to become a color analyst. And he was like, dude, I think it's a great idea. So we, we did it. Our initial idea was to be an SEC football podcast. And with our alma mater, the University of Georgia, being 9-0 and to this point, the number one ranked team in the nation, it's only benefited us. We talk a lot of Georgia. We talk a lot of Alabama. And now as the season's progressing, we've gone more mainstream, top 25 College football playoff poll talk because we're gearing up for what's going to be a huge end of the college football season leading up to the national championship game, which is in Atlanta this year.
1: And what I enjoy is you also leverage your professional experience. So if somebody is not that hardcore a college football fan, they're going to learn something as well. All right, as we wrap it up, Cornell went to Colorado when they were in the Big (laughs) Eight. That's how old he is, but now they're in the (laughs) Pac-12. I went to two Pac-12 schools. I work for Pac-12 Networks. That's the setup. I know Washington's not going to wind up in the playoff. But as somebody who has some issues with folks who are always telling me SEC undeniably is the best conference in all of college football, you remember last year, for the first time in conference history, outside Alabama, everybody had at least four losses. It never happened before in the proud history of the SEC. Walk me through what I view as a doomsday scenario for the rest of us. If it's Bama and Georgia, SEC title game, and it's a narrow loss, it's called a three-point game, what's the likelihood they're both going to the Final Four?
2: You know, I think it's going to come down to Notre Dame. And as crazy as it sounds, because Georgia did defeat Notre Dame in South Bend week two of this season— Uh, The college football committee, politics will come into play. And and if a Big 12 team like Oklahoma or a Big 10 team, Ohio State, if one of those teams gets in as a conference champion and and that close game does happen in the SEC championship game, I would not be surprised in the slightest that a one-loss Notre Dame team would get in over a Georgia team that has their one loss late in the season in the SEC Championship game. That's just the way it goes. I believe a lot of Georgia fans would kind of understand that as they've been snake bitten in the past. But I think Georgia's got a real chance to be 12-0 heading into the SEC Championship game. They've got a huge test this weekend at Auburn. Uh, to simplify things, I think Georgia is a more complete football team. I think Kirby Smart has proven himself to be a sound coach in close football games. And I look for Georgia to get out. Of Auburn with about a 10-point victory. And week by week, as Bama continues to get beat up and loses a lot of key players on defense to injuries, uh, I see Georgia's chances of getting out of the SEC championship unscathed improving. So uh, it'll be really, really interesting. And I know everybody down here in the South is gearing up for what is going to be a massive SEC championship duel.
0: Drew, I know you mentioned special team players are considered a special people um, I had the opportunity to be a punter uh, accidentally when I was with the Baltimore Ravens against the Jets there in New York. Uh, and I end up walking away from that thing being the AFC player of the week. Would I be considered now as a special teams player and special because I got an opportunity to come off the bench when not knowing I get no practice all year. I, I didn't know I was the backup punter. I had no clue. I was asked to come out of the back of the end zone. Heels were on the, on the white line behind me. You know how that goes, right? The offensive no linemen are sitting there when they snapped the ball at the what, the two-yard line, and I had to hurry up and get in the air. And, I, and Dion told me from the sideline, he said, "Cordell, pick your leg up a little bit higher, so we're going into the wind, Drew. I punt the ball. I get a spiral. I go all the way out to the 50-yard line. I mean, through the wind, blazing. I mean, you know how the New York win is. All that crazy stuff going on. We end up getting them on like the, what, maybe the 45-yard line. We end up stopping them because we got them out of position to kick a field goal or even score a touchdown. I get AFC Player of the Week. How does that special teams of the week? How does that work? Where do I fall in the category of special players?
1: Oh, you're yeah, special, no Cordell. Doubt. You're special. There's we know no that.
2: Doubt. You Yeah, you are a special player. You are a specialist. And when I was in Pittsburgh, Coach Tomlin used to say that your film is your walking, talking, breathing resume. You embraced the opportunity and you delivered, so Cordell, I hereby declare you a
0: special person. <laughs> Drew, that's my guy. You're always welcome here on No Huddle. Call us yes, anytime sir. you want to, baby.
1: And, my Drew, man. now your resume is every week with a fresh installment of the Punt and Pass podcast. Tell Aaron Murray we enjoy the show as well. We'll chat with you again in the future here on the NFL on TuneIn. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend. You yeah, too. Drew. Drew Butler getting my it man. done.